Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. The Oregon Wine History Archive is located at Linfield College in McMinnville, Oregon, and is dedicated to preserving and sharing the Oregon wine story. This podcast will share these stories through oral history interviews we've conducted throughout the industry. Please enjoy these stories. Okay, I'm Melissa Salrin. I'm here with Rachel Woody, and we are interviewing Gordy Veneri at Walla Walla Vintners on July 18, 2014. So the first question is, is obvious. Why wine? Why wine? Okay, well, um, the whole thing with the Walla Walla Vintners and the wine started as a hobby. Um, I had gone to college. My personal story is I had gone to college at Eastern and I majored in business and accounting. So when I was in my 20s, I was looking for a hobby, you know, things to do that were outside of accounting. And, uh, you know, obviously people did sports or golf or whatever, you know, different people had different hobbies. So when I was 28, I went to Italy and to see where my grandfather was from and find out about my Italian roots on my dad's side. And while I was over there, I got into the whole European food and wine thing and uh, started, you know, enjoying wine with meals. And then I found out that my cousins, who are still over in Italy, they were making their own wine for their own family use. So I just thought that would be really great to, uh, at that point in my life, uh, this was probably in the late seven, this was in the early 80s, I was interested in learning about Italian things, you know, like growing your own food, making your own wine, you know, sort of the Italian lifestyle, uh, European, Mediterranean, whatever you want to call it. So I, besides gardening, I, I thought making wine would be really great, you know, and you'd have something tangible. You know, like in accounting, you do a bunch of work and you have paper files that you put away, but there isn't anything that you're really producing. So the idea was to have a hobby that you could enjoy, share with friends, and have something tangible at the end of it. Sort of like woodworking or something, painting, you know, you have something that's a product of your hobby. Wonderful. So, so. Okay, and so how did you and Miles then get together and start making wine? Well, the reason Miles and I got together is at the time I went to Italy, Miles was at the community college. He was working there, so I was teaching there at the time. I'd, I was in a business major and an accountant, but I took a year to teach business at Walla Walla Community College. So we were colleagues at the college. And when I told him I was going to Europe and Italy, uh, he talked to me about wine and enjoying wine on my trip. And then when I got back, I told him I wanted to make wine, produce wine. And he said, well, I drink wine and I'd really like to learn how to produce wine too. So we did it together. Uh, we, we decided it was easier for two people to learn this instead of instead of one. And in fact, we got there was two other people that eventually joined us. Okay, and who were those people? The people that uh, joined us were a chemistry teacher at Walla Walla High School named Jim Tomlin, and a social studies teacher at Walla Walla High School named Roger Cockerline, who eventually started Bunchgrass Winery. Right. He was the eleventh winery. We were the, about the eighth winery in 1995. Okay. And shortly after we started, Roger started Bunchgrass. Okay. So you would just get together and, and 
just try new things and I mean how how did you do the research to learn about what well, it is you should be doing okay well, that's a good question we were self-taught winemakers so what happened was we want we decided we wanted to make wine and it was fun but hey wait a minute we don't know anything about this <laughs> how do we do this you know so we immediately started you know buying books researching that way there were seven other wineries here and I have to say they were very helpful so like we would we were already customers of a lot of the wineries that were here because we started drinking wine so when we would go to buy wine or purchase wine from these existing wineries the first seven wineries or let's say a winery in another part of the state we would ask questions like you know what kind of yeast do you use and we would you know ask questions and so we would learn by asking other people and uh, then in the first couple of years uh, the biggest thing is we had to line up really good wine grapes so we started asking you know trying to find somebody who would like sell us a thousand pounds of grapes which is about what you need for one barrel of wine so we said okay let's make a barrel of wine so we pool our money start asking and eventually we'd find somebody who would sell us a thousand pounds and then we could practice on that thousand pounds and I must say in the early days we did make mistakes and uh, but we'd learn from our mistakes and then next year you had to wait a whole year now to for another vintage and then you'd buy another thousand pounds of grapes and this time do it differently try to do it to where it would it would wouldn't turn out as you'd be better than the year before because you didn't make as many mistakes so okay. it was a trial and error thing and eventually we made all the mistakes learned all the things and our wine started being acceptable to where we enjoyed it uh -huh. yeah wonderful well I know you've already mentioned a couple of them but who were some of the other first winemakers uh, wine growers in the Walla Walla Valley well the I think the seven that came before us I can almost list them I think um, Leonetti Cellars and Woodward Canyon were the first two and then uh, I know LaCole and Waterbrook were in there and then uh, the there were there was a small winery Patrick Paul winery and uh, uh, Seven Hills Seven Hills winery was on the Oregon side of the state line but we considered them a winery in the valley of course and then uh, the I think the seventh winery was Canoe Ridge and they started just before us and John Abbott at Canoe Ridge at the time was the winemaker and he was very helpful too in helping us answer questions and helping us uh, learn more about the chemistry of winemaking. So. Okay. I mean I know when we talked to some of the other uh, winemakers they said when they first started planting grapes people thought what are you doing? What are you doing in Walla Walla Valley doing this? And did mm -hmm. you get that reaction at all or were... Or mm, we, we did not get that reaction because we you know in in the wine world there's people that that grow grapes there's people that make wine and there's some that do both and we were the type of winery at the time that just made wine so we relied on other people to grow the grapes and people were already planting the other grapes so nobody thought necessarily we were crazy for planting grapes because we didn't plant any uh -huh. but they might have thought some of the other early the early pioneers of planting grapes probably got that I imagine but uh, I have no history with that because we didn't really plant grapes. In fact, we now have estate grapes up here at Walla Walla Vintners, but we didn't plant those until 2008 because for a long time people thought, well, it was a little bit too high in elevation and too cool 
up here at where we are located now in the upper Mill Creek area and that maybe it was a little too cold for grapes but then eventually we realized that grapes would even grow well in this climate up here you know uh -huh. the right varieties so okay. but in the early days we we ourselves even thought this isn't a good place to grow grapes okay. now we stand corrected so. uh -huh. yeah and how did you come up with the name Walla Walla Vintners well that's another good question we struggled with that for a long time because we um, we my name is Veneri uh, which I didn't think was very romantic like Leonetti um, or Woodward Canyon or something like that. Miles's name was Anderson and when we actually started the commercial aspect we, we were hobbyists for 14 years in 95 we were the eighth bonded winery at the time we had a third vintner, a third partner, his name was Alan Jones so our names were Veneri Anderson and Jones so nothing really sounded very romantic or from a marketing point of view so we struggled with other names what about Mill Creek because you know this is where we are in the Mill Creek area but there was other wineries in California named Mill Creek so we tried to get a name that was based on locale uh, our name nothing seemed to sound very good and finally one of us said and I don't remember which one but well you know we could say like Walla Walla Winery or Walla Walla Cellars or something like that, you know, because nobody's used the name Walla Walla yet. And uh, we got to thinking about it and we thought, you know, maybe that would be a good name because Walla Walla was in 1995 when we were the, when we were bonded, it was just starting to get some notoriety. Well, people had already knew Woodward Canyon and some of those other wineries were doing well, but the area hadn't grown yet but the growth was just starting and uh, we kind of thought you know if you had Walla Walla in the name and maybe somebody looked at a wine list in Seattle and saw Walla Walla Vintners Merlot or whatever that might get them to try it because Walla Walla isn't that where they have you know some of those really good wineries so we kind of thought it was a good marketing choice but we didn't like Walla Walla Winery we didn't like Walla Walla Cellars but we thought Walla Walla Vintners sounded better than the other two. Mm -hmm. So we chose Vintners instead of Cellars and, and Winery. Great. Yeah. It's simple. a great name. Yeah. Simple. Works well. Yeah. So the Walla Walla Valley Wine Alliance is mm -hmm. an important organization. And can you say a little bit about the role it plays? Well, I think the Wine Alliance is great. It plays an important role. Um, what I think the interesting thing about the wine industry as a whole, it's a very different industry. And before I talk about that, let me back up and say, you know, like I always tell people, you know, if I was like a, an undertaker or I had a, uh, if I was a barber or maybe some other kind of occupation, an accountant in Walla Walla, I would want to be the only one and then get all the business. But the thing about a tourism business that makes it different is, if you have a restaurant or a motel or a winery and you want to get people to come to your area you have to have an industry there. People aren't, aren't going to come to visit Walla Walla if there's only one winery. Just like they wouldn't go to Napa Valley if there was only one winery. So you need a multitude of wineries, restaurants, motels and other activities even like the Giza Powerhouse Theater, those kinds of things to entertain people. So as one of the other winemakers once said, you know, us, we're in bed together whether we like it or not. 
we're an industry. And most people in this industry that are in the wine business get that. So they realize you have to work together. Mm -hmm. One of my jokes is I've never been to somebody's house, went to their wine cellar, and saw that they had a whole cellar full of Walla Walla Vintners wine. They always have a whole bunch of wines. Mm -hmm. You want to be one of the wines. Mm -hmm. So you have to come to that realization that this is a different business. It isn't like, you know, once again, we want to be the only winery in Walla Walla. You want to be part of an industry. So obviously that leads to the alliance. You know, you want to work together to get people to come and enjoy your city, your wineries, and the other things, the other hospitality industries mm -hmm. that you have. So it's important to work together mm -hmm. to try to portray a good image of your area. So that's why the alliance is very important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I know you and Miles have a reputation for, for being very helpful to others who are, who are establishing their own wineries and, um, and vineyards. And I know um, Kay Vintners and Spring Valley Vineyards and College Cellars and Amaris. And so what, I mean, if someone, you know, comes to you and says, I want to start, I want to do this, I mean, what do you say to them? Well, obviously at that time we said, yes, we wanted to help them. And part of the reason that we wanted to help them was for the reason I just mentioned, you know, we wanted to help grow the industry as a whole to give our region credibility as a wine producing region. The more wineries, the better. Um, to be honest with you, at this point, Miles and I felt like, feel like we have sort of done our thing and uh, we are still helping Bunchgrass Winery uh, a little bit. Bunchgrass has changed ownership and we're helping the new owners at Bunchgrass. And, uh, but at this point, uh, we, we aren't looking for new projects as far as helping people. And we also feel like the industry now is, is getting pretty full. We've got, what, over 130 wineries. I don't know the exact count. Miles probably knows. Uh, or the Alliance probably keeps track of all that. But uh, at this point, we feel like we're going to focus more on what we're doing. We, the new thing for Wall Wall Vintners is our estate wine program. We're going to have our estate wines. So we're going to be busy with that. But it, we enjoyed helping all those other wineries in the early days. It was a, uh, a lot of fun and part of, of building the industry as a whole. So we would have credibility as a wine industry. Mm -hmm. And I know with um, the establishment of the program, the Institute for Enology and Viticulture at the CC, mm -hmm. that has certainly changed things. And I know when that was established in, the program was founded in 2000, but um, when they didn't have college sellers up and running yet, they didn't have the vineyard planted, the students came here, right? Yes, yes. We helped uh, Wawa, Wawa Community College uh, uh, Viticulture and Enology program in the early days before they got their building built. Um, obviously, Miles was the director of the program, so that gave us a tie to them. But even in, um, uh, uh, even uh, say take that away, we we would still be very helpful of that program. We really believe in, you know, it's like any other industry that you talk about. Every industry sh should or does have uh, a usually a educational institution that's that's backing them. You know, like. For example, the obvious one in the state of Washington is like Eastern Washington is an agricultural farm area. We have Washington State University that does a lot of research for grains and wheats and, and, and agricultural commodities. They're supportive of the agricultural industry in Eastern Washington. Um, that's the way we feel about the wine industry is, is every good industry should have a educational institution working with them. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, they put out a lot of students that work in our industry and we're supportive of that. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Yeah.
That's great. Now I know that um, Walla Walla Vintners is a member of the Walla Walla Valley Wine Growers Sustainable Trust, which was established in 2004. And um, can, you, can you say a little bit about the growing emphasis on sustainable viticulture in the valley? Well, I think most people nowadays that are growing grapes are trying to grow grapes with that in mind, that they want to be to grow grapes in a sustainable fashion. Um, so the thing about grapes that's really nice is that, okay, grapes are the kind of crop that if everything goes right and you plant them and you take care of them, a grapevine will last a long time. So it's in your, number one, it's in your own economic interest to take care of your vines, just like fruit trees. You know, they'll produce over and over and over again, and you won't have to replant them, which means that you'll have lower costs. But besides that, we want our, of course, our product to be, uh, environmentally safe. We want our final, our, our product, our wine to be healthy, uh, you know, uh, to be healthy as far as a beverage that you can enjoy with food with the least amount of intervention, the least amount of chemicals and all that good stuff. And so our whole idea of our vines is to raise vines that are going to be healthy now and in the future. And so we try to do things that are long term and that have health benefits for the, for the vines. Because we don't have to replant them and we want them to be healthy and safe and put out a safe product for, for customers. So everything we do, we try to do as best as we can to make sure we do that. Like, and the beautiful thing about uh, grapes, in this area at least so far, is we don't have a lot of pests. So we, so we can do, you know, there's not a lot of natural pesticides or a lot of pesticides needed for grapes anyway. Mm -hmm. which is great and because that's one of the things that a lot of uh, in a lot of agricultural industries they struggle with how do you raise a sustainable crop a let's say an environmentally friendly or organic crop and still keep the pests from eating your crop so there's something left for the human beings you know mm -hmm. and so luckily for grapes there isn't a lot of natural pests so that really works out good mm -hmm. and like for example we plant cover crops between the rows and then we mow them. And then that way you don't have to spray for weeds or use herbicides, you know, that, that kind of stuff. You know, there's not a lot of herbicides needed because as long as you mow between the rows, you know, you're gonna keep the weeds and the grasses mowed down and then there's not a lot of herbicides needed. So there's a lot of things you can do to, to be sustainable and to be friendly to the environment and to build up the soil. The other thing is we're doing is we're doing a lot of soil uh, work like with amendments, soil amendments, and uh, we're trying to build up our soils so the soils are healthy mm -hmm. and that the vines are healthy and that we feel like then we're going to have a better crop, better quality wine too. So. Excellent. Yeah. I know we, we sort of touched on this, but you know, in 1995, um, there were 11 wineries in the valley. Mm -hmm. And then by this year, again, depending on how you count, more than 120 um, mm -hmm. and about 1,600 acres of grapes. So aside from the sense of scale that has mm -hmm. changed, I mean, what, what else do you think has changed? Well, um, besides the sense of scale, the, the biggest thing is, is obviously uh, that I think that's changed over the 20 years that we've been in business. And I don't know if you want me to talk about this or not, but uh, is the marketing. I mean, it's great to have more wineries and more of an industry, mm -hmm. but there's more marketing involved too because now you have more competition. So the fact that you have more wineries is great 
as far as being an industry, but it does put a little more emphasis and a little more uh, emphasis on, on marketing and marketing your product and getting people to come to see you. And when you're the eighth winery in 95, you sell out really quickly and everybody, everybody that comes to Walla Walla sees you because they're here for a weekend and there's not enough wineries. Now that there's 130 wineries, they're only going to pick 10 or 12 that they like. So you have to be one of those. Mm -hmm. You still want the industry. You still want people to come. You still want the competition, but you have to really be sharp on your marketing mm -hmm. now because you can't just sit back on your laurels and say, okay, yeah, you know, build it and they will come. Yeah, yeah, build an industry and they will come, but they may not come to Walla Walla Vintners, you know. So uh, there's a there's hundred and some choices now. So you have to be, that's really changed. I think if almost anybody you ask will tell you that, that it's, there's a lot more, a lot more friendly competition as far as marketing. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Great. Well, that's my portion of things. Okay. So. Okay. And well, let's sure. let's kick off from there. Given how much it has changed, where do you see the industry evolving in the future? Well, okay. I have to say, I'm not a soothsayer or anything like that. I've been very. Uh, a funny story is. Well, let me back up and tell you a funny story. When we decided to become a commercial winery in 1995, and there were seven other wineries, we lost sleep thinking that maybe there was already seven wineries and there was too many and would there be room for another winery I mm -hmm. mean we especially me because I'm the business guy but I thought oh there's no way you know gosh we're gonna make 600 cases of wine and how are we gonna sell all that and there's already seven other wineries so um, I always say that I was like the worst predictor of where the industry is going because I thought eight wineries was too many back in 95 I've heard any, everybody say that eventually there'll be 200 wineries. That's not me. Other people have said that. Uh, that there's going to be 200 wineries someday in this valley and that's where the industry is going. So honestly, I really don't know. I've always been totally surprised at how many wineries there really are, mm -hmm. uh, to be honest with you. So I, I can't predict that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, I love to live in the future, but as far as predicting, forget it, you know. Fair enough. So, okay. that's a good story. Yeah. Uh, my next question for you is, in your opinion, what is this region known for? What is its identity? Okay, what is, like Walla Walla, what is Walla Walla known for as opposed to, let's say, an, another, an, another part of the valley, I mean, another part of the state, or let's say California or, or Italy or something like that? You mean? I would like all of those yeah. answers. Okay, well, um, is that what you're saying? Like, what are we known for as, in comparison or just in? It can general. be comparison or it can be like, you know, standalone, what is it known for? Yeah. Well, as far as great, as far as like, you know, I, I think when we're known for in the industry, we're known as, okay, first of all, I think we're a part of the state or a part of the country or the world, depending on how you look at it, that really emphasizes quality wine. I mean, we're all trying to make uh, a really good quality wine. So we're known for quality. You know, if you think of Walla Walla wine, a lot of customers think quality, you know, there's a lot of quality wine in Walla Walla. I think we're also known as working together and being friendly and, uh, and uh, as far as wineries working together, we talked about that earlier, I think. Uh, even though there's more and more wineries, people get along and they do try to work together and they're friendly to one another. We try to recommend other wineries, so we're known as that. 
And as far as grapes go, I think we're known as, uh, there's some white wines, there's some good white wines, there's some rosés, there's some really good Syrah. Uh, I think we're known, originally we were known for the, uh, the red grapes, you know, red wine we're known for, and like Cabernet, Merlot, and Syrah, those, those types of grapes. We make Italian wines like Sangiovese, but I think we're known for the dry red wines as far as mm -hmm. in the industry. We're more known for that than our white wines. But, uh, you know, everybody, winemakers like to experiment and who knows, you know, I mean, you know, there's probably grapes, grape varietals that have never been planted here that might be the future of our industry too, who knows. There's mm -hmm. still a lot of land in Walla Walla and uh, you know there could there's room for a lot more vineyards so I see the growth of vineyards more than I see the growth in wineries at this point mm -hmm. but uh, who knows it might catch up or balance out too you may not know the answer to this but how many more vineyards could it double in acreage or well I don't know the answer to that but I do know the one limiting factor is water Mm. We have a, the, the one limiting, where we are up here in Upper Mill Creek, we get about 20 inches of rain a year. And uh, so at this point, we're, we call our vineyard a dryland vineyard. We have not irrigated. But in other parts of the valley or the state, where they get less than, let's say, 16 to 20 inches of rain, like the Tri-Cities get seven inches of rain, they have to water. And their soils are sandy and more porous. Mm -hmm. And uh, even on the other side of the valley, of Walla Walla, the west side of the valley where they grow grapes, they have to water. So the limiting factor in grapes is water and water rights. So it's very political, but right now it's hard to get commercial water rights in our state for any crop, not just grapes. So you have to have the right site that has water rights and that's, because there's tons of fields around us here where grapes would be great, but if they can't water then doesn't matter even if you could acquire that land mm. it might not be a good place to grow grapes because of the lack of water right yeah. okay thank you what would you say are the strengths or challenges of having a cross-state AVA uh, the challenges in having a cross-state so Oregon and Washington oh I see what you're AVA. saying yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I see where where the Walla Walla AVA goes into the Oregon into the side into the side of the of the uh, uh, state line or whatever on the Oregon side. I, I haven't noticed anything on that really. I I don't see that as a big issue. Mm -hmm. um, I think the reason it was established AVAs are kind of based on more geographical areas than state or political boundaries, and I think the reason the Oregon side of our AVA exists is because it's all part of the bowl of what we call the Walla Walla Valley. So you have the Walla Walla River, and then you have Mill Creek, Yellow Hawk Creek, all, uh, and some all, little streams that all flow into the Walla Walla River, and then flow down to Wallula and dump into the Columbia River. So that is part of a geographic area, this, mm -hmm. this valley, this Walla Walla Valley. And that, that Walla Walla Valley goes over to the Oregon side, so to me, that's why it's naturally part of the AVA mm -hmm. and makes sense. Yeah. And other than that, I don't have that much issues with it. We buy grapes from Oregon and we also, uh, from the Oregon side of the AVA, and it ha it's never been an issue for us. So, Excellent. I know you said you're not a soothsayer, but do you see more growth happening in Oregon versus Washington? or? 
not necessarily. I don't see. I don't see that as. I don't see the. I think that's just a luck of the draw thing. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it just depends on who's gonna decide to grow grapes. I think right now, the one of the one of the growth areas in the Oregon side, I think, is the people that like to do the Syrah in the rocks. So there's a lot of the lower elevation, rockier soil Syrah that's being grown. I think that's being grown mostly on the Oregon side. And I think there's there's some new vineyards that growing out there. And they have a lot of those vineyards used to be uh, fruit orchards. So there's water that's with them already. So they don't have to like get new water rights or whatever. Mm -hmm. They have existing water rights. So that seems to be like a growth area in the valley from what I from what I know. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Where would you say your passion lies in this business? Um, personally, uh, personally, my passion, I think, still goes back to the fact that you can take a, a raw product like a grape cluster or grape clusters and you can make them into something that's really a fine beverage to share with people. So for us, the producing of the product, which is still was the hobby, goes back to the hobby. You know, I'm going to produce something that's tangible, that you can smell, taste, drink, touch. And that is always fun in the fall to do that again. And then I think the second part of it is sharing that with friends and family. Mm -hmm. And friends and family, even customers, which are customers even to this day, you know, we, we call our customers our friends and family. So, so that's where we really, get, we really enjoy this industry. There's a lot of things in any industry that maybe aren't as fun as others, but to me though, that's the two important parts and the fun part that keeps mm -hmm. it fun and exciting. Mm -hmm. So when I do winemaker dinners, we get, well, I'll tell a little story here. If I can do uh, Please. a little tangent here. The, a lot of times when we do winemaker dinners, or a lot of times people that come to the winery always go, oh, it'd be great to have your own winery. Wouldn't it be great to have your own winery? And I'd like to quit my job and move to Walla Walla and have a winery. And, and I say, you know, that's great. And that's a lot of fun. But I said, you know, the, the thing that's the most fun about the wine industry is what we're doing tonight. We're sitting down in this restaurant, there's 40 people, we're enjoying wines matched with food. That's the best thing about the wine industry and you're here tonight participating in it. Mm -hmm. You get to participate in the, mo the, the part of the wine industry that's the most fun. And I always tell them that. And uh, they still wanna come and have their own winery, of course. But I said, you know, but the other stuff, that's all work, you know, that's not as much fun as tonight. You know, this is mm -hmm. gonna be the most fun. You know, the other stuff is work. It's crushing grapes. Crushing grapes sounds romantic, but when you do like a, a small winery like us and you do 130 tons, then it becomes work too, you know. It's fun work, but it's still work, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not as fun as sitting down and enjoying the final product, mm -hmm. so. If you had advice to give to a new winemaker or a person entering the industry, what would it be? Oh, okay. Well, now what I tell people, in the early days it was different, but what I tell people now, if somebody comes up to me and says they're gonna start their own, I'm a little more cynical, and I think it's like being a, like a, my advice is gonna be more cynical in the old days. In the old days it was great, we need some more wineries to help create the industry. Mm -hmm. You know, get in here, jump in, you know. Now, I'm a little more cynical because of the numbers that we have already and the competition uh, to sell your wine. So now my cynicism uh, revolves around the fact that, okay, look, you're gonna start a winery, 
So I say, let me play the devil's advocate. Why would I want to buy your wine? Mm. Well, what do you mean why I want to buy my wine? Mm. You know, they say, what do you mean? Well, I say, well, yeah, well, okay, you're going to make wine. Why would I want to buy it? Well, because it's going to be handcrafted and it's going to be wonderful and whatever. I said, yeah, you know, there's already a 200 people in Walla Walla that say the same thing. You've got to distinguish yourself competitively, uh, you know, uh, with those other people. How are you going to distinguish yourself? What's going to make people want to buy your wine? Mm -hmm. I'm doing this as a, as, a, as a friend now. I'm not doing this to be critical. I'm cynical, but I'm doing this to help you out because if you want to start a winery, you have to decide what's going to be great about your wine and it's going to be different and to get people to focus on buying your wine. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's, you know, that's what I tell people now. You got to have a different, you got to have a really good marketing plan. Mm -hmm. You know, where before you could make it and they will come. But now you got to make it, it's got to be good, and you got to figure out how to get people to try your wine versus the 140 or 50 that are already here. Mm -hmm. And the 800 in the state, and all the Oregon ones, and the California, and the New York, and the Italian, and the French, and the Argentinian, and Chilean, you know, there's lots of wine out there. Mm -hmm. So, what's going to make you special? That's why I tell them, you know, and they don't listen to me. <laughs> they start a winery anyway. No, okay. <laughs> and some of them are really successful, I'm sure, or going to be, you know. But I think they always appreciate hearing that, you know. So yeah. Having somebody tell them, you know, okay, that's a really good point. In other words, it's about selling wine now. It's mm -hmm. the business part of, mm -hmm. of making wine. It's the, it's the. Uh, when I got into it as a hobby, we didn't worry, it was a hobby, we didn't worry about selling the wine. We just worried about making really good wine. And the, the selling it was secondary till we got our license and even then we found out pretty quickly, it sold pretty quick because mm -hmm. there was just a shortage of wineries still. But now it's all about a marketing plan. Right, when did you notice that change, that transition? Into oh gosh, I would say it's probably been that way maybe for the last, eight to ten years at least mm -hmm. yeah at least you know I'm trying to remember I don't remember when how many you know as the numbers grew when all the numbers but we were the night we were the eighth winery in 95 and maybe five years later there was quite a few it was already went from eight to 50 or 60 I, I would wow. say don't trust my figures on that you could there's probably real facts on that so I wouldn't necessarily uh, trust me on that but you know as it got to be where there was quite a few wineries mm -hmm. and when you're the only winery when you're when there's only when there's a small amount of wineries and someone can come here for the weekend and catch them all it's no problem mm -hmm. but once it got to be there were so many wineries that on a trip a customer visiting Walla Walla could not see them all mm -hmm. then you had to have marketing because then you had to be one of their ones that they came to see right yeah. and so you had to do something to make sure you were on that list of ones they were going to see this weekend, you know. So what did you guys do to get on that list? Well, well, part of it was luck in the sense that we were early. You know, just the fact that we were the eighth winery, we were considered one of the older wineries and that helped us. Mm -hmm. But uh, at Walla Walla Vintners, we really have an emphasis on customer service. So because we like to share wine, with friends and family and that's part of our mission is to make the wine and share it with people and help people enjoy wine with food and friends. We really emphasize that. So we try to be a very friendly place and 
we try to do everything we can to emphasize customer service and to make sure people have a really good experience mm -hmm. when they visit Walla Walla Vintners. We have friendly people in the tasting room. Uh, we always try to accommodate people, you know, as much as we can. You know, we get some unusual requests, but we try to, you know, accommodate people as much as we can. Uh, you know, we, uh, if we can do it, we, we will usually, you know, we have mm -hmm. that kind of an attitude. Mm -hmm. So uh, try to be very open to visitors and uh, for them having a good time. So a lot of, I think a lot of our success is word of mouth, people that come here. And the third thing I would say is we have a really, lately, we've been really emphasizing our locale. Like I don't know if when you came up the driveway you noticed our, our neighbors, Amarice, planted that beautiful lavender. Yeah. And which we get to share because our customers come up the driveway through the lavender. And then we have the Blue Mountains behind us here. We have all the vineyards that have, that have lately been put in and planted since about 2006. There's more vineyards up here. So we, we, it's really beautiful up here. And we do not do a lot of crazy things like uh, um, some wineries, let's say, I shouldn't say crazy, that's a bad word, but we, we are still pretty, uh, modest in our surroundings. We haven't put millions of dollars into our facility itself, but we have beautiful grounds. So people like, uh, we don't sell food, we don't have a restaurant, we don't sell t-shirts, but we have like picnic tables and we encourage people to come up and just enjoy the outside part of our winery and mm -hmm. the beauty of this area of Walla Walla. So that's been a real positive for us. Just, you know, is, is a, so we make good wine, you gotta make really good wine, you gotta be really consumer friendly, mm -hmm. and it helps to have a beautiful location here, you know. That's a good three item yeah. list. Yeah, you know, people go to Napa Valley and certain wine areas, they wanna see grapes growing, they wanna see, you know, all the beautiful countryside. And mm -hmm. so we have that here. We're lucky enough to have chosen this place. Right. And, uh, you know. Oh, okay. All right. Well, my last question for you is, uh, between Melissa and myself, what have we not asked you that we should have, or uh, any parting thoughts on your end? You know, I, I don't. You know, you're really asking me to be creative there. That's not my. <laughs> well, my we just thing. really wanted I, to make sure that if there was something you felt very passionate about, yeah, that or I that would. was very important, that we didn't omit it from. No, I think I think the wine. Uh, I'll say one thing. I will say about. Yeah, I guess I could add a couple things there. I think the wine industry, of course, has been, is a great industry for Walla Walla. I, I will add this. I was born and raised in Walla Walla. People ask me all the time, where are you from? I say, well, I'm a native trout. I was born here. I went to college. I never thought I would move back to my hometown. You know, when in my generation, I was born in, uh, kind of grew up in the 60s and 70s. You never thought it was going to be cool to come back to your mm -hmm. small town. I came back after college, a little while after college, to kind of regroup and look for an accounting job. And then I got into the food and wine and travel, which were some of my vices. And after I got into the traveling and the food and wine thing and started the hobby of winemaking, then I decided, well, I really like Walla Walla. I'm going to stay here. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and because you have to be close to your grapes and close to your industry. And so I would say that as, as far as like, maybe from a point of view, you know, I grew up here, I was born in 1954, I'll tell you that. And so I grew up in the late 50s, 60s, and Walla Walla was always, looking back, I had a great childhood, a great, I thought it was a great town. 
But I would just say in general that I think the wine industry has really elevated Walla Walla as far as mm-hmm. being a lot, lot nicer town. I think the wine industry's done a lot of positive things. Now I know that can sometimes be controversial. There's probably not everybody agrees with me on that. And I, I like to consider myself a very open-minded person. I say I'm old-fashioned, but I'm open-minded. That's one of my little sayings. And so I like to listen to the negative uh, as far as like how maybe the wine industry hasn't been great for the small, a small town in Eastern Washington. But I see a lot of positive things. I think we have a really viable little downtown. Uh, I think, but Walla Walla's a great town. We have, we have the, the grain farmers, the wheat farmers. Mm-hmm. We have state institutions like our state pen. We have three hospitals, including the Veterans Hospital. We have three colleges. We have a Corps of Engineers. And that made for a really good economy in Walla Walla. But now we have the agricultural industry has expanded to include grape growing, which is a little expansion of the agriculture. And then we have the winemaking industry, which is added to those other industries. And then we have the tourism industry because of the people coming here. So I think those in the last 10 to 15 years, the, the tourism industry and the wine production industry have helped give Walla Walla a little boost as far as our economy and being a, in our quality of life, having a, a, nice, a nice place, <coughs> excuse me, having a nice place to live and be. It's, 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 it's enhanced our quality. And we're really supportive of the things along with that. Like the, I mentioned the Giza Powerhouse Theater. You know, it's great if our customers come here that then they have theater to do, you know. Right. And uh, we always tell people, look, you know, uh, you're, a lot of us, we've had a few friends that move here. I was talking to a guy the other day that just bought a house here because he likes Walla Walla, thought it was a great town, partly because of the wine industry, but he really likes chamber music. And we do that chamber music festival here in uh, June for mm-hmm. the whole month. And he went to every single one, loved it here, bought a home. And uh, I was telling him about, for example, Whitman College has a great drama department. Uh, the students put on great plays. You can get a season ticket for practically nothing and go to all the drama there. We have uh, the Powerhouse Theater. We have all these different things now that are added, you know, that are, also, that are enhanced uh, by the wine industry and vice versa. So I, I, that's one thing I would add, I guess, as mm-hmm. far as... Uh, uh, I, I notice our town has changed a lot. I, mean, I guess we're talking about a library project and archives. I mean, you know, if you kind of compare Walla Walla in the 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, how has it changed? And I would say that the tourism is really an aspect that's re- really surprising to me as being a native of Walla Walla. Nobody, I don't think anybody ever thought Walla Walla would be like, have a tourism aspect right. to their economy. That's been a pleasant surprise to me. So, Excellent. Anything else? Um, no. When I was a kid, I, my, I, had an, I had an aunt who lived in McMinnville, and I used to always visit her in McMinnville. I wonder if the tourism has changed McMinnville a little bit, too, and in, in that area, if it's the Willamette Valley has gotten some of that. Is it, is it changed yeah. in that area a little bit as far as... as, far as I would say most definitely, yeah. especially in the last 10, 20 years, even. Yeah, with their yeah. wine industry, too. Would they have mm-hmm. a great wine industry in the Willamette Valley. I imagine some of those little towns like those Yam Hill and those little uh-huh, towns. Carlton. Were, yeah, and, they were yep. similar to Walla Walla. Now they have a tourism slash wine industry aspect to their, to their 
uh, economy that's maybe added, you know, and stuff. Most definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you okay. so much. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. And thank you to all the supporters, partners, donors, and interviewees who have made our project a success. Be sure to check out our website at OregonWineHistoryArchive.org for more interviews, plus photographs, wine labels, and more. And stay tuned for more interviews as we tell the story of Oregon wine. The Oregon Wine History Archive podcast is brought to you by the Oregon Wine History Archive at Linfield College. The executive producer is Kiana Anderson. Producers are Rich Schmidt, Rachel Woody, Stephanie Hoffman, and Camille Weber. And a special thanks to all the Linfield Archive students who have contributed to these oral history interviews over the years.